Hello everybody, welcome to uh, this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. This is Manuel Guidel Real and I'm here with David Gill um, to have another chat about uh, e-commerce. But before we get to that, one quick uh, show note. Um, if you haven't listened to this yet, last week, uh, last week's podcast actually was the interview with Greg Charbonneau, who's the uh, vice president and general manager at the Odyssey Aquarium in Scottsdale, Arizona. It was a uh, very interesting interview. I, I had a lot of fun doing it, and I really learned a lot of things about what happens behind the scenes as far as what it takes to manage and run an aquarium. Forget about the fact that this one is in the middle of a desert, but just basically running an aquarium in general where you have like 30,000 living animals and uh, fish of all kinds and everything in on the premises uh, and they need to be taken care of 24-7. So... Um, Listen to it. It was uh, last week. You should find it right away on mgrunplug.com. It's about an hour long, but uh, you can skip forward to sections that you like. But um, it'll definitely change the way you see aquariums in the future when you go visit them. Uh, but today's topic is actually a little uh, completely different, actually. Uh, we're today's Thursday, and we are a week away from Thanksgiving as we record this. And uh, which means that uh, Black Friday is also about a week away. And with that, starts the big, heavy shopping and holiday season, which is one of the most, um, one of the busiest times of the year for us, um, as far as e-commerce and marketing and everything that we do for uh, a large number of uh, MGR clients. So that's why I have David with me, and uh, he's actually very entrenched with a lot of campaigns um, as we speak. We had to uh, pretty much uh, pry him out of his office. Uh, he's uh, finalizing a lot of campaigns and fine-tuning some of them. So, uh, David, how is going for you? Busy. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, an understatement. But the truth is, uh, anybody who uh, knows this time of year, Black Friday in the marketing world really starts like October first, uh, as far as preparing for it. Because if you're not, if you're just thinking about Black Friday now, or and obviously, I get it. A lot of people are are new to Black Friday, new e-commerce sellers, and that's why we want to have this podcast to give insight. It's not too late because you can always still get ready now, but you're not going to be as maximized and ready as real companies who, I mean, it really starts October 1st when you well, start actually, you know, getting ready. Well, actually, I would say it starts almost after, after Labor Day weekend. Once the we, summer is over we, and all the summer offers are over. Basically, back in September, mm-hmm. we started talking to clients, okay, right. it's time to get ready for, because this is, I mean, we can get right into it. I mean, really, starting October 1st, you want to be for the full month of October all the way through up to basically this week. Next week is when you start getting heavy into the deals. But basically from October 1st through November 20-ish uh, is heavy uh, prospecting, as in getting new people who have no idea who your brand is. If We're talking about you know smaller brands. It's different if you're like a huge Right, like Nike. I mean or the something. big, the big, the big heavy hitters like the 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 retail stores, like the Best Buys and the Targets and all that stuff. Those yeah. guys always have their advertising. It's different, in place. but I'm talking for the 99% of e-commerce who you have a brand, but it's not like you're a household name. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to do heavy prospecting, and the thing that we do a lot of that I think not enough people do. More are doing it now because they realize the value um, is just focusing heavily, heavily, heavily on email capture because. I think people something that people don't know is actually for a lot of e-com companies these days in the holiday season, nearly half, half of their revenue will actually come through email marketing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've always said list. that uh, email, as far as 
return on investment or dollar for dollar return is the most cost-effective form of advertising. That's why capturing leads is, is so is so critical. And that's why basically our strategy really for most of our larger clients is for the whole month of October and basically the weeks leading up to Black Friday, uh, the focus needs to be both prospecting and heavy email capture, doing whatever you can, whatever incentives you can give to try to get those emails. Because once you get that email, that's like your, your golden it's true. ticket. It's true. And, and, and actually, wallet. you know, it's funny because I find myself these days reading and opening more emails from companies that I deal with than I do normally the rest time of the, the rest of the year. Um, for example, I mean, obviously, I'm a consumer just like everybody else, and I consume uh, a lot of products in the automotive industry. I'm a big, you know, obviously, race fan, all that stuff, and then fitness and sports and nutrition, all that stuff. Uh, normally, I don't really care much about email marketing when I receive the emails. I take a quick look, but it's just, you know, uh, nothing that I'm really interested in. Um, but these days, I'm already, obviously, receiving a lot of emails for offers that are coming up Black Friday or advertising for the holidays, and I'm actually seeing myself... You know, opening them and just trying to find out. Okay, there's there's actually two offers. I mean, things that I've seen year round at a certain price now that like forty five percent off and things like that, and that really is appealing and that tells you the power of email. People will open. The open rates, I guarantee, go high, like almost double at this time of the year compared to any other time. It depends. You had the email marketing strategy, and it totally depends on your your company, your product, everything. It needs to be very fine tuned because keep in mind. Everybody is spamming people with emails these days. Yeah, but I'm talking about retargeting existing customers when I'm talking about email marketing in this case. Basically, it's going to your database of customers or previous customers and then telling them about offers that are actually compelling. Right, but what I'm saying is that you are not the only company that they buy from. Sure. And then you can go look at your inbox right now. And I guarantee everybody over this next week will get four times as many emails from companies as they do at any other time of the year. So you have to be very strategic in how you go about your email marketing. Because when people are getting 100 advertising emails into their inbox a day, they're not going to open them all. Um, And I actually think this is against my philosophy uh, 362 days a year, except for this coming Black Friday, I guess basically 51 weeks a year, my philosophy is be a little more sparing on emails, try to just provide the maximum value and not always sell, sell, sell in your emails. Um, like with us, with our own, obviously it's different because we're B2B. We do almost no selling in our emails. We only send pretty much mm-hmm. newsletters, insights, things like that. Um, our emails are more on the branding side. Than, than but I think it's side. the same with consumer. Now with consumer, you want to be a little more selling, but be sparing. Don't spam people because the worst thing you want is someone to unsubscribe because then you can never email them again. Um, or to get so many emails that they just kind of don't open your emails anymore because they get tired of it. So you want to be sparing. But this week, uh, don't hold back. I mean, I've, I've talked to companies who are planning to send, I kid you not, four emails a day every day from Thanksgiving through Monday. But don't, don't you think that, yeah, you, the, the, the number and volume obviously will be increasing. And then, like you said, it's a little bit uh, of an exception to the rule as far as what you normally want to practice throughout the year. But 
I also see that there is much more segmentation with this um, email marketing uh, as far as who you send it to, the types yeah, of lists. Of course. Um, you know, the kind of message for each particular customer that uh, was interested in this product or that product. It's not like a shotgun approach. It's a little more of a Again, and this sniper. is why I said it depends on what you sell. If you sell something that is like a recurring purchase for people, um, then people who are have bought your product, say, three times already, you want to send them a different email than someone who's only bought it once or someone who's on your list but has never bought from you. You want to send different emails. Exactly. Now, that's for like recurring purchase products. Obviously, a lot of people sell something that you don't sell recurring purchase. You only sell one. Um, or maybe you can have... And this gets into... Uh, it's too late for this now, but this is when you need to prepare. Like if you sell something that's your, you know, what I call the Big Mac strategy, you have your Big Mac. That's your primary product that gets most people in the door. How does McDonald's make money? They sell you the Big Mac for a dollar, but then they sell you the fries, the shake, the soda, and that's their high margin. A lot of e-com companies have their pillar product, and then they have a lot of ancillary products. And maybe they don't make a lot of money on the pillar, but they make a lot of money it's in their the Correct. And so you want to have lots of good add-on products that that someone who buys your pillar product would very likely be interested in this product. Um, and so you, now again, it's too late now. If you don't have those products ready, you can't source them now. But these are things, especially if you're new and you say, hey, I'm probably gonna miss out on this Black Friday this year because I'm new, I don't have a ton of experience. These are things you want to keep in mind for next year uh, when you're preparing for Black Friday because, um, I mean, this is, if you do it right, there's a reason they call it Black Friday. You know, you will do half of your annual revenues in these next two months or these basically November, December, uh, and not even November, December, because really it's kind of the last six weeks of the year. Right. You can do almost half of your annual revenues. Right. And you and I were talking before that we, uh, you, you hear obviously Black Friday, which is traditionally for retail stores and then, uh, and then expanded into Cyber Monday, which is obviously the more online retail uh, uh, purchases. But in reality, is obviously it goes beyond that. I mean, it goes all the way through through New Year's. And right, you have like Cyber four or five Monday. Years, four or five well, weeks before the end of the year that you can have. A, you have a huge Cyber offers. Monday, and now there's it's not as big, but a lot of people do it like what they call Cyber Week, mm-hmm. which is basically the whole week after Black Friday, starting Monday through Friday, and then after that you have basically. Um, all types of holiday deals. You have last shipping date, which is saying if you mm-hmm. want this by Christmas, Christmas, normally that's somewhere around the 17th, 18th, 19th, roughly around there saying, you know, December 18th or last shipping date. So you have, all, you know, marketers will come with any excuse or way to say, hey, you really need to buy a lot of stuff today. And that's why this time of year, again, that's why it's hard if you're saying, oh, shoot, I haven't thought about Maybe you have a Black Friday ready, but a lot of people think only about Black Friday, Cyber Monday this weekend, but they don't think about the rest of the following weeks, the last shipping date, because those are all big too. In fact, I saw a stat from Facebook that said that um, the last shipping date sales actually has like nearly two-thirds as many sales as Black Friday itself. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge day right. that a lot of people don't think well, about. Well, that's because people are on the fence and then they finally decide what to buy. And then, and, and it also depends a lot on how, how the holidays are each year. And I think this year, uh, Christmas Day is a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I forgot. Um, and I think it's Wednesday. Christmas Day, the 25th is a Wednesday, which means that you have like a weekend obviously before for shipping and, and things like that so uh, yeah it definitely it definitely becomes a factor so let, let me ask you something um i mean as as much as 
companies try to be, let's just think, uh, let's just pretend that our company is totally prepared, they have the campaign ready, and everything is ready to go for, for this biggest uh, sales time of the year. How does a company that is small business prepare for inventory? I mean, how do they know how much inventory they need to get so they don't have too much or too little? I mean, the, the, one yeah. of the worst mistakes you can have, and especially in the e-commerce arena, whether you, you, you manage your own store or you have Amazon stores or any other type of uh, uh, third-party retailer store, is running out of inventory when people there's, are demanding it. There's two big things that new people to e-commerce, and not even just new, people who are experienced but maybe... Like, say you've had you've been doing e-com for a couple years now, um, but you've never had the types of budgets that you have this year. Like, maybe you're used to spending ten grand over the weekend advertising, and this year you're doing well, and you finally you're like, we're gonna spend fifty grand plus this weekend or more, right, on advertising. The thing that people do not think about that is very necessary is two things. What you just said, the inventory, that's very hard to predict and very hard to account for. And then two is the customer service. Because if all of a sudden, if you're used to having, say, 50 purchases a day, and you have the customer service staff, maybe you have a virtual assistant, two virtual assistants, something like that, to handle 50 purchases a day, and you know, okay, only about one in 20 is really gonna have an issue, whatever. Well, if all of a sudden you go from 50 purchases a day, to 500 a day for four days and you have 2,000 purchases or more. It obviously depends on the price range of your product. Mm. You could have 10,000 purchases over the weekend and you still are as if you're getting, you know, 50 a day. Right. And then you have, and especially this time of year, people have much more, many more customer service inquiries than normal. And, yeah. So if all of a sudden you have a thousand customers contacting you and you have Two uh, one of the assistance. biggest things is also fulfillment. I mean, I, yeah, it's, just it's, like all the all the shippers, obviously, uh, double their 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 workforce. As far as I mean, you see UPS, FedEx, and all these uh, shipping companies. They they actually rent U-Haul trucks and everything just to deliver things. And yes. and and then you realize that smaller companies are not ready for that, and they start having issues actually fulfilling the orders. And then you get the, the, the typical "Where is my package? Where is my?" This product? is where. Um, temp agencies come into play. Mm -hmm. Basically, if you are expecting a ton of sales, I would definitely go to either a temp agency or go to like Upwork or any of these freelance sites and try to find customer service people. And uh, the fulfillment is different. It totally depends on how you do your fulfillment. Do you outsource it? If you outsource it to a third-party fulfiller, Hopefully you have a good one. They should be able to handle all of that. If you're doing it yourself, you'll probably need to hire some extra hands. Um, but yes, these are things that people, you know, they have this amazing marketing and it really works and they sell way more than they ever possibly imagined. And then all of a sudden they have a thousand emails from customers and they're like, oh, I have no idea what to do. And that hurts your brand too. Customers, you know, they don't like to have issues, especially this time well, yeah, of year. Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the customer experience, obviously. If you, you, you fail to your customer um, is really, I mean, they, they say that you're only as, only as good as your last uh, product, service, or experience overall, and, and that is true. I mean, you felt your customer at a time like Christmas under the, the product or the package is not on time. And remember, you're going to get returns too. Right. So if you're, yeah, used to, for, exactly. if you're used to getting a couple returns a day or something, and all of a sudden, you know, you just multiply that, and now all of a sudden you have like 500 returns to process, 
you need to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to want their money back right away. People mm-hmm. don't like waiting and having to ask twice for their money back. Right. So these are things that people don't think about. Now, obviously, we're on the marketing side. We're a marketing agency. So I'm not an expert in supply chain management, uh, managing a customer service force as far as that goes. Um, but I can say that in our experience and from what I've seen, it's definitely something you need to plan for and anticipate ahead of time. And it's the biggest mistake that people make this time of year. They focus so much on the marketing and it's fair. Like it's hard when you're selling 50 units a day or something like that, it's hard for you to imagine, oh my God, I could sell 5,000 units instead of 50. And it's hard for you to imagine, and it's great that you do that, but you need to be prepared for the, uh, you know, fulfillment side of that. So let me let me change over to the um, to the uh, since we are in the uh, digital marketing arena um, about the specific marketing that we do these days for uh, most of our clients, whether it be through uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Google Ads, uh, or even Amazon uh, within their own uh, marketing uh, options. Uh, one of the things I was just reading actually like half an hour ago, just before recording the podcast, how much more expensive marketing or digital marketing has become over the last uh, 12 months, really. I mean, it's been increasing uh, year over year, but uh, what I call the uh, uh, marketing, digital marketing inflation is really, really uh, making it the cost per click or the cost for advertising like 20%. I mean, this is not like 2 10%. It's like really, really much more expensive now to get your CPM or your cost per click what it was before. And what is happening now is that we have a lot of clients that say, oh, well, last, last year we allocated X amount of our budget to advertising and then we had X results and we compare year over year and then they expect the same amount of money to generate the same or even better results this year. And that actually is far from the truth just because of the fact that that money that last year was purchasing X amount of ad space and advertising and cost per clicks and impressions and so forth. This year is just not enough. This year, basically, you're going to get 20% less, which translates all the and way especially the these coming weeks, I've told everybody, I said, right. prepare and completely anticipate your cost per click to double mm-hmm. these next few weeks. Yeah, it's, just, it's just a paying, supply and demand thing. If you're used to paying a dollar a click, expect it to be two. Hopefully, maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be a dollar fifty. Maybe you'll, but prepare your budget and be ready for whatever you're used to paying CPM or cost per click. Double it, and that's what you should expect. And, and the weeks. amazing thing is that we we actually have a few clients that, you know, they they say something like, uh, and this is a true a true a true case. They say, well. Uh, we like to advertise this particular offer and uh, this and that, and then, uh, but uh, we don't really have additional budget, so let's stop the other campaigns that we were running before and just put the money into this campaign. And it's like, first of all, stopping any campaign that you're running is like the worst thing you can do because you lose all momentum and, and learning phases and everything else that go with those campaigns that were working well for 11 months, and now you're going to stop them for no particular reason. Secondly, the fact that you didn't allocate additional budget for these special offers that you have for for the last month of the year, that's already mistake number one. Secondly, you think that even that budget that was already okay for 11 months of the year is going to work equally fine for a brand new campaign that you're launching two days before Black Friday and you think that it's going to give you the results. It's just totally unrealistic and actually clueless, to be honest, the fact that they think that that is going to happen. But there's such yeah, an most, educational most of our process. Most not like that. But you... I understand. I think that you, they just don't understand. I think that just comes from a lack of experience of understanding exactly what's possible this week, this, these coming weeks and not understand. I mean, 
the 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 real clients you know will, that we have say okay whatever our monthly budget is i mean they literally will 10 exit for this month and that's but that's what you need to do if you're spending i mean we have clients that say that are not huge spenders they're not big businesses These, like one thing is if you have a big business that's spending you know 100 grand a month in ads it, for them they have more space but i'm talking smaller businesses who are used to spending 100 bucks a day and they're saying okay let's go a thousand two thousand bucks a day that's a 10 20x increase and that's a lot for a small business but they're willing to do it because they understand the upside of it and if mm. you don't understand that upside you're never going to win in this space it is so competitive now it's not like how it was you know five years ago well, people no, think that you yeah. can just go in and make money no you need to be a killer in this space uh, and the other thing is that they also don't have this long-term vision as, as far as understanding the uh, customer lifetime value and 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 other factors that come in when you spend that kind of money. Your first, your initial customer acquisition cost or cost per sale is going to be higher, but you also expect that the customer will be either a recurring customer, depending on the type of product that you're selling, or it will be a customer that comes and stays with you, buys from you, or does business with you on a regular basis, whether it's once a year, twice a year, and which is when you get really your return on investment. And that's the long-term vision too, because one thing that a lot of people, especially if you're new, you only have a one or two product store or something like that. And you have these products and they sell well, but you say, well, I'm only going to sell to them once. So I can only afford to basically spend this certain amount. I need this, I need to hit this ROAS number. And I understand that, but the long-term vision comes when you say, okay, well, I'm building a brand here and I only have two products right now, but I know that I have these five other products that I would like to launch soon, but I need more money to do that. I need to build the business first because those five products, the people who buy these two would definitely be interested in those five. And that's when it, you have to have the vision as a founder to say, this is what we're selling now. But two years from now, instead of two products, we're going to have 10. And all of those customers who bought from us with two, now they're acquired. They've already bought from you. Hopefully, they had a good experience. They're on your email list. You send them good emails, all those things. So when you launch those new products, they say, oh, I'm, they're first in line. You know, like Apple only has one, like, more, they have more than one product. But let's say on the phone side, they have an iPhone. That's it. But they mm -hmm. know that they need to give this good experience. And once they acquire an iPhone customer, they're going to sell them iPhones and iPads and Apple Watches to infinity. And you need to think big like that right, as right. a small business. Subscriptions, iTunes, um, that in the Apple ecosystem. And, and that's the difference in customers that we see succeed versus don't is the ones who have that longer term vision to say, okay, I'm only selling these couple of products right now, but I know that these products I could sell as well. And if I have an, a, a customer base of like for you, like let's say you're into automotive, right? I, I sell this certain automotive tool right now, and this is the only thing I sell. But I know that there's these five other tools that I could sell as well. And if I can just acquire you as a customer, you're very likely to buy from me again when I launch these. And my customer acquisition cost goes way down. And my lifetime value of a customer goes way up. These are the things that you need to be thinking about that I think a lot of newcomers don't. And, and the other thing, the other part of the uh, critical part of the equation that we also emphasize to our customers is that you're only as, I mean, it's a cliche line, but you're only as good as your weakest link. And what happens a lot of times with smaller businesses is that their e-commerce uh, store, payment gateway, um, uh, you name it, shipping, whatever, is just not completely working in a seamless 
way, you know, in a frictionless process. And they they have a lot of issues with people ordering something and then they go to checkout, the server is too slow, the website doesn't work, they, or it's not responsive, they cannot see it. This time of the year, if your website is not working properly and it's not taking customer from A to B to C, from seeing the product, ordering the product and checking out in like seconds, you are losing the game right we, there. We, in our uh, Friday digest that we send out every week, um, I actually added in a chart that was really interesting. This was about maybe a month ago, but it was basically a study of um, conversion rate based on page load times. Mm -hmm. And the difference between a three second and a four second was literally a double conversion rate. You will get, if your page loads in three seconds versus four seconds, your conversion rate will be double. That is massive. But and these not are only things that, that people not don't only think the, about. The loading time, which could be server-based or could be also uh, provider, it's service server provider. Server-based and it's also what you have on the page. A lot right. of people clutter their pages. Exactly. You need to have a, a one-click checkout, uh, buy now. I mean, really, when you go to Amazon, they have everything done to science and you can be you can be with your own store as close as possible to the way Amazon yeah. works with buy, one, buy now one-click or order this and then people who order this also bought this thing and then your credit cards are already in place, your address is in place you they make it seamless i mean i'm i'm on my phone on amazon and i find something i say oh shoot i forgot to buy this i need to buy tomorrow i go on my phone i don't care if i'm on my phone or a desktop computer it's totally seamless it's one two three i'm out and paid yeah the, and, the easiest way to figure out what should i do is go to amazon go to nike.com go to major e-commerce players that's why they and they, see what they do because exactly. what they do probably works because yeah they've because they invested everything. heavily into that stuff and they say okay we got killed by amazon and the small retailer no they they actually get it amazon started just as small as as any other retailer started with a little operation selling books and now they are who they are because they had a vision and uh, and a lot of retailers of small businesses put all this money and they finally uh, get their uh, budget ready for advertising and then they neglect, like we discussed before, the fulfillment of the customer service, but also their server, their website. They think their website that was normally handling maybe 100 visitors a, a day or 200. Now it's going to get like 2,000 and they are ordering and they have the payment gateway. They have this and that and they all get bottlenecked over there and things just don't work that way. So that is one of the things that is the most frustrating, the, the, the cart abandonment. Um, which usually is a big issue for, for uh, losses in sales um, during the holiday season becomes a huge, a huge factor because if you are just waiting for, for your checkout or they ask you for this and that or all kinds of uh, information and then you cannot just check out fast, you're just going to go to a next to a next retailer, to a next option. One thing that has been on the rise and I've personally been using a lot that is... I would recommend people try to add to their site if they don't ever have it is check out with Apple Pay because a lot of people are going to be coming through mobile ads on iPhones. And when I check out, my preferred way now is actually with Apple Pay. And it makes me much happier because I don't want to type in my credit card. Even PayPal sometimes is annoying because I'm logged out for whatever reason. I got to sign in. With Apple Pay, you literally click the button. It checks your face ID and you pay right there. Basically, and, like you do with the apps and when it's, you go to the app Exactly. Store. And it's growing really fast. I mean, I think... Checkout with Apple Pay will be one of the largest within the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have it on your site, I would definitely, definitely add that. It, but obviously, that is just an Apple, it's just with iPhones. It's just with iPhones. But obviously, right. a lot of people have iPhones. Okay. And 
Um, a lot of people, when you advertise on Facebook, Instagram, wherever, you're going to be mostly mobile. And so mm-hmm. oh, if yeah, you absolutely. have that checkout with Apple Pay, your conversion rate will be higher than if you don't. Does Google have something similar? Google has Google Pay. Amazon has Amazon Pay. I don't like Amazon Pay that much. I think it's a little clunky. Um, PayPal is probably the next best, but PayPal even has its issues sometimes too. Um, if, if, if you're selling, if you have PayPal uh, checkout on your page, definitely notify PayPal ahead of time uh, to expect higher volumes than normal because what I've seen happen is that people have checkout with PayPal and then PayPal all of a sudden starts seeing Instead of a you know whatever two thousand dollars a day, volume right thirty thousand dollars a day, and they will shut your account, and yeah. you can't take PayPal payments. So notify them ahead of time, mm-hmm. like right now. If you're listening to this and you haven't done it, do it right now, mm-hmm. um, so that they're ready. Because it's just like a credit card. Yeah, it's, it's a basically card. an algorithm. Yeah, right. it's the same thing. Last when you travel, you you travel usually most of the times you need to notify your credit cards that you're going to be traveling. The last so they, thing you want right. on Black Friday is for someone to be trying to pay you and they mm-hmm. can't. Yeah, I mean, Frustration is, is the number one reason why people leave without purchasing and that's that's like the worst um, result that you can get. When you spend the money, they added the job, the pe- people clicked on the ad, they went to your website, they actually purchased something, they go to checkout and they can't or it's inconvenient or they just basically get stuck there. And, and then all the money spent for nothing because then you're giving the credit to or the, the revenue to somebody else just because at that point the customer is already ready to buy they want to buy it they have the mindset into that and then they can't buy from you and they're going to buy from somebody else that actually did nothing so that's that's the most frustrating part one last thing i wanted to say before we uh, end this as far as something you can still do right now that uh you, even if you've been prepared or not prepared for black friday is have a multitude of offers because a lot of times you don't know what people are going to uh, be more interested or not because some with some products just a simple 30% off works great in other products maybe f- free shipping site-wide in other ones uh, buy our pillar product and get this uh, add-on free like try lots of things have at least five different types of offers available on your site and and for your ads because you don't know what's gonna work and then once you see one or two start working really well just pour gasoline on that fire. which is another reason why you should have a little more flexible budget because normally you have one or two offers that you juggle uh, for your key products and then now you're going to need to play with different ad groups ad sets depending on who you are dealing with uh, different variations of the ads so basically you have more more um, uh, places you're juggling and seeing which one is giving you the best revenues and then you're doing a little more testing then you're putting more money into those that are responding better so all that stuff is going to take a little more uh, budget obviously uh, in addition to the fact that they, they, the cost as we mentioned before the cost per uh, click and acquisition impressions and so forth is, is much higher at this time of the year. So, But when things are done right, the truth is that at the end of the day, we as an agency and everybody, whether you are the, the seller, the buyer, the vendor, the client or the customer, uh, you need to look at your return on investment or on ad spend. And uh, the bottom line is that if you spend $1,000, you want to get you know, three, four, five to one ROI minimum. Uh, well, it de- depends on your budgets. It depends on the budget. If you're exactly. At a thousand bucks, you can get that. If you're spending 
you know, 50 grand, uh, it's going to be hard to get a four. It is different. Obviously, it depends on the product, depends on your on your profit margins. But you you always you do your numbers, you work with your agency and you 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 determine what ROI works for you. And then that's your target. And that's what you need to get. So it really is relevant where you spend a thousand, two thousand, three thousand. You say, okay, at this level, this is the ROI that works for me. And into that, I also factor the fact that I'm going to get repeated sales from the same customer, which hopefully will come without spending money because now they are my customer. I own the customer. I can target them, as we said, via email marketing and other methods that are not going to be that uh, expensive. And then I could try to use the money for new customer acquisition versus existing customers. This is the time of year that it's not just that you're going to get a lot of revenue. This is the time of year where you're able to acquire the most new customers. You can acquire a ton of customers and then next year you basically, I mean, you can easily for an up and coming company double or triple your active customer base this time of year. So the next year starting in January, your customer base is 3X what it was in October. You know, and that's the advantage because now you have those customers, and as long as you don't screw up, you basically have those customers for years to come. Mm-hmm. So, real quick, David, before we wrap it up for today, um, any particular trends you've seen with, um, especially the two heavy hitters, actually three, like Facebook, Google, and Amazon, as far as advertising, any new, um, I mean, uh, types of ads or anything, any do's and don'ts that that uh, have changed radically in the last few weeks from things that we were using before? Um, on Facebook, I would just say, I think people never, you can never have enough creatives. So I think a lot of people have like, cause even it used to be like, you have a, like four and you're like, oh, that's good. Even now people think, oh, I have like 10, 15. It dep- obviously depends on your budget. But when you start getting at bigger budgets, I mean, you need to have like 50 plus variations of ads. And that means changing the copy, changing the call to action button, obviously changing the uh, images. I mean, test everything because you don't, and don't assume, I used to make this mistake too. Like I would not run ads because I think, oh, that's not going to work well. And don't assume, don't try to predict whether an ad works or not. Because even if you don't necessarily like it, it might be a winner. And so don't assume, don't strike ads down without testing them. Just test it. And if you don't need to spend a whole lot of money to test an ad, you know, whatever your purchase value is, if you're selling something for, let's say, 30 bucks, if you spend 50 bucks on that ad and you're not getting a good return, 50, 60, then you can cut it off. You don't need to spend that much to figure if an ad is working. Um, So on Facebook, more creatives, more, more, more creatives. Um, Oh, another kind of insider tactic People are way too stingy with their lookalike audiences. They only like to do the 1%, the 2%, and I get it. Those are, on average, higher value. But the problem is when you do a 1%, you're going to run through that audience really quickly. Um, and, and and Facebook algorithm is really good at going for the lowest hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. So you're just taking the lowest hanging fruit, and then you're basically killing yourself in the long run. You need to have ads for the 6 and 7%, even though they're not going to be as high of an ROI in the short term, if you just do a one percent, you're just taking right. the lowest hanging fruit, and you're right. killing yourself. And, in the and you can run. also you're also fighting for this low hanging fruit. That's any other uh, competitor that you have, worse trying to go up into um, into the like you said the five, six, seven percent. So as far as the other ones, Amazon. Um, 
sponsored brand ads were a nice little arbitrage previously um, because you had the search ads and then which are the regular just pay to have your listing up there and then you have the sponsored brand which lets you actually have three products showing um, they're so expensive now I mean keywords that to give an example one client that were trying to scale their campaign and one way we were doing it was with sponsored brand but to, to compare basically a keyword that say cost them $2 for a listing uh, for the regular sponsored ads for a sponsored brand is costing like six, $7 a mm -hmm. click. I mean, it's like, is it just X. now or that's just overall over the past couple of months? I've just seen. Okay. This. So it's not so much related to this time of the year. It's just, yeah. So that arbitrage is kind of going away. So when I think that they're now over expensive so i just would set bid caps if you can get it with a three dollar click do it but if it's like a six obviously i'm saying like if it's like triple a listing uh cost i wouldn't do it i don't mm -hmm. think it's worth it if it's like one and a half times it's worth it but a triple is just not worth it so just set bid caps um and then amazon the biggest thing that i think amazon people don't do is run ads outside of amazon to right. Amazon. To drive people to Amazon. Yeah. Right. That's how you can scale. Right. That's the cross marketing, the cross channel marketing that we like to promote. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you can run ads on f other places, even Facebooks and Googles and all that stuff, and drive the traffic to your Amazon stores, which is sometimes much more economical than be within and the Amazon. And that's going to help your organic rankings too, which people right. don't realize. Content marketing is another huge topic that we'll probably address in a different, in a different podcast, but, um, uh, people think that it's all paid, 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 and they, they they almost start ignoring a little bit of the content marketing, which actually is the way marketing started, and it still works very well as far as ROI. But one more thing with Amazon, how about um, video advertising or video clips on Amazon? I've, I, we, we talked about Amazon Live a while ago, and I'm seeing a little more of video inserts that appear for certain products. Is that still... Yeah, on the search page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those um, are available, but you need to be um, one of their like sponsored their advertising partners, which is a thirty five thousand dollar a month commitment. Okay. Um. So if you have that budget, go for it. They're they're great. It means you can have a video in the search listing, but obviously a lot of people can't do that because they don't have the budget for that. But if you have thirty five grand a month for Amazon, it's definitely a good option to do the videos. So those videos as advertising products or or options are only available for the large advertising or budgets yeah. but not for the average uh, company anybody who has the money it doesn't have to be a major brand but if, if you have the money right, to do right. it um, and it doesn't mean you're just spending on those video ads it just means that you're spending uh, 35 grand a month advertising on Amazon mm -hmm. that's basically the criteria right um, you can still have listing videos on your listing right. that you just your need to be video. a registered right. brand that doesn't cost any money but if you want to have a video in the search results mm -hmm. then you need to pay big money for that okay all right, very good. Well, this um, is a good recap. Um, again, thank you for uh, listening. We, if you have any need or assistance or you want to take advantage of our uh, free half-hour uh, consultation that we do for our clients or prospective clients, feel free to uh, reach us at um, mgragency.com. We have lots of forms on, on different um, options there for everybody so you can just fill out the form we'll get it and we'll contact you right away and if you want free insights it's absolutely free we have a weekly email uh, that goes out about specifically for Amazon and e-commerce a lot basically if you're selling on Shopify or Amazon I definitely recommend absolutely that you subscribe to this it's free if you don't like it just unsubscribe we don't do any like selling in it we're not offering our services nothing it's literally just 
insights and it has a really really good open rate it's in the 40 plus percent people obviously like it i don't think we've had someone unsubscribe from it in over a month which mm -hmm. is just amazing right. obviously we don't have tens of thousands of people subscribed to it but it's very niche um, but people actually look forward to it yeah we get yes. a lot of good feedback give it a shot if you don't like it you can just unsubscribe it, we'll, we'll, have a, subscribe to we'll have a link to it in the show notes It'll okay all right, we'll add it then. All right, very good. Well, thanks, David, for joining us. Next week, uh, we'll have another podcast. It'll be probably uh, Thanksgiving. Speaking of Cyber Monday and Black Friday, it'll be somewhere around those dates. I don't know exactly what our schedule is. We're going to be pretty much 24-7 during the entire weekend. But we'll try to uh, to have some kind of uh, podcast presence, whether it's on the Unplugged or obviously the Amazon e-commerce podcast. So until then, everybody have a good weekend and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you.